Hi everyone. We're really excited to kick off today a new series called Life to the Full. It's a sermon series, but it's not just a sermon series because there's also going to be practical and prayerful midweek content to help us take things further. And also because throughout the month of October, the children and youth and also connect groups are going to be thinking about the same questions and turning to the same passages week by week. So we hope this will become not just a sermon series, but a series of conversations too, between families and friends around the dinner table, after church and throughout the week. And what we're going to be uniting as a church to explore this month is in fact a quest that unites people all over the world. What is the good life and how do we get there? What does it mean to live well? What does it mean to live life to the full? Of course, different cultures, different generations, different individuals answer this question in different ways. There are many distinctive visions about what life to the full looks like. And you can figure out a lot about what makes a generation or a culture tick by spending some time asking, what does it mean for this community to live a full and meaningful life? Perhaps you could ask that question right now about your workplace colleagues or your parents or your oldest friends or your children. But the different answers we give doesn't take away from the fact that we are all asking the same question. We're all seeking to define and pursue life to the full. This is a quest that has become big business, books, journalism, YouTube channels, you name it. And this quest also draws big crowds. The most popular course ever taught at Yale University, a place full of students you'd think knew all the secrets of success, is called the Science of Wellbeing, nicknamed the How to Be Happy class. Wherever you go, people everywhere ask constantly, is there more to life than this? And I know I've nicked that idea from somewhere, I just can't think where. Now Jesus speaks into the heart of this quest. Jesus in John 10.10 says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. This one line takes us to the heart of the story that Christians tell about the world. God became a human being for us in Jesus to show us what human life to the full looks like and to enable us to enter into it in relationship with him. And he says these words to us after telling a story, a surprising story. It's not a story about a saint who becomes fully holy. It's not a story about a sage who becomes fully wise. It's not a story about the poor becoming rich or an athlete winning a race or even a sick person becoming well. Jesus tells a story about a flock of sheep wandering about with their shepherd. A surprising story about who Jesus is, who we are, and how we enter into life's fullness. So let's read this story now from John chapter 10, verses 1 to 15. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, 
He goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Let's pray. Lord, you come to us today and every day that we might have fullness of life. As we enter into this story, help us to see you and to step into that life in a new way. Amen. So this story Jesus tells in John shows us what life to the full with God looks like. And what I'd like to do is enter into Jesus's story together and to pause a couple of times to reflect on what we learn about Jesus, about ourselves and about life to the full. Our story begins in a village in the early morning. In this first century village, most households kept sheep. And so bolted onto the side of their homes, there's a walled enclosure where the sheep sleep. And at night, there's a young boy, a gatekeeper, who keeps an eye on them. The modern day equivalent would be washing cars or doing a paper round. Now, as the sun begins to rise, along come the shepherds to take the flocks out. So the gatekeepers open up and the sheep come running because they hear a voice they recognize, even a voice calling them by name. And so they know it's time and it's safe because they know the shepherd. And so off they go. And I'm struck that this is basically the opposite of my house each morning. We have a young flock of two at home who burst into our room just before sunrise. They call us loudly and repeatedly by name, but though we know their voices, we try not to follow for as long as we possibly can. Maybe we need a gatekeeper. If anybody's listening to this, needs a part-time job, please do get in touch. Anyway, off go the sheep. And suddenly the narrow winding lanes of the village are flooding with flocks. Some Mediterranean villages are like this to this day. It looks a little bit like this. Not just one flock, all the flocks getting shuffled together and mixed up in the process. The sheep bundle out of town together until, Jesus tells us, each shepherd has brought out all his own. And now, picture the scene. We have this vast 
hillside covered in a chaotic superflock, different breeds, colors, sizes, all bobbing about. And now those of us who like to categorize and color code are freaking out. Well, how on earth are we gonna sort all of these sheep out? Maybe we need tour guides with flags and whistles, headsets perhaps, matching t-shirts. What are we gonna do to organize this bunch of sheep? But what happens now is that the shepherds call again. And as the sheep hear the call of their shepherd, they follow. The sheep organize themselves naturally as they head for the sound of their shepherd's voice. And so now each flock is on their way, tracing their own shepherd's path up into the grassy hills. Okay, let's pause there. We've learned a thing or two about first century shepherding, but how on earth is this a story about life to the full? Well, generations of thinkers from all cultures have pondered what are the building blocks of life that give it meaning, happiness, or a sense of fullness. Some have said pleasure or material goods, food, house, holidays, fun, clothes, stuff. Some have said virtue or duty, becoming a better person, kinder, more responsible, more compassionate, making a contribution to society, serving, giving something back. Some have said it's about realizing our full potential through education and growth, becoming skilled, wise, expert in the areas in which we're gifted. Some say work and vocation, meaningful career, in which we excel, in which we're recognized, in which we find our place in society. And the list goes on. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? The philosophers of Jesus's time pondered these things, just as we do today, which makes Jesus's answer all the more surprising. Because now along comes Jesus, who sums up life to the full as being like sheep with a shepherd. What is going on? Well, Jesus is not discounting any of the building blocks we've just mentioned. Scripture recognizes that happiness, health, wisdom, virtue, vocation, relationships are all part of what it means to be human and live life to the full. But Jesus wants to start somewhere quite different, somewhere simple, basic, intimate, and foundational for everything else that follows. He's starting with the source that fills all of these things with their fullness. And so now the first thing I want us to notice and draw out is this. Jesus goes on to tell us, I am the good shepherd. We have a good shepherd. This is where fullness of life begins for Jesus. We enter into it because we have a good shepherd to lead us into it. So often we think that life to the full is going to depend upon us, what we make of ourselves, what we do with what we've been given, how we fit it all in, how we're going to keep up. But Jesus tells us here that life to the full starts not with us, but with the shepherd, not with fulfilling our potential, but with entering into the fullness of a relationship. I am the good shepherd. In John's gospel, Jesus makes these big I am statements like this seven times. Each time he gives us an insight into his identity, who he is, but also each time he gives us an insight into who we are in relationship 
to him. I am the good shepherd. We are the flock he guards and guides. I am the true vine, he says. We grow and bear fruit in him. I am the way, the truth and the life. In him, we find a way that truly leads us into life. So today, Jesus says, I am your good shepherd. What Jesus says about who he is and who we are is game-changing because it means human fulfillment is not primarily a matter of potentiality, but relationality. Very famously, St. Augustine prayed, Lord, you have made us for yourself and our hearts are restless until they find themselves in you. It's only when we step into the relationship for which we were made that all these other aspects of life click into place. And so stepping into that connection and that guidance isn't a bolt-on to life for those who can't live a full life on their own, can't do it. It isn't weakness or accepting defeat to step into this relationship. It is the relationship for which you were made. It's how you were designed. It is, by definition, the fullness of our life to be in this relationship. At the start of his gospel, John tells us two things about Jesus. First, he tells us he is God. He is the one through whom all things were created. And secondly, he becomes human for us to show us who God is and to show us through how he lives what it really means to be human, shining a light on all humanity and drawing them to become children of God. Jesus is fully God. Jesus is fully human and he leads us into the fullness of our humanity. He's not just someone who'll love us. He's the one whose love loved us into existence. He's not just someone who'll offer us something to sustain us in life and make our life a little bit fuller. No, in him is life, says John 1, and he comes to us to lead us into its fullness. He is the good shepherd. And that brings us to a second thing to notice. We are called to recognize the shepherd's voice. Think again about all the sheep muddled up on the hillside in the early morning. Many shepherds calling, many sheep shuffling about. Isn't it actually such a perfect picture of what modern life is like? Every day on social media, on the radio in the car, eating and chatting with workmates, friends, family, adverts on billboards, adverts in malls, hundreds of voices calling us in all directions, offering us visions of life to the full, and hundreds of sheep going this way and that. We might be able to moderate our exposure to some of this, but we can never hope to entirely mute all of that. And you know what? The implication of Jesus's story is that we don't have to. Instead, what we need to do, what the call is, is to learn to tune in to the voice of the good shepherd amid the noise. It's when we learn to recognize his voice that we also become more aware of some of the other voices that we've been following on a daily basis. But the call is learn your shepherd's voice and follow it, follow it into the fullness of life. And this call also brings about a bit of a revolution in this quest for life to the full, doesn't it? 
Because what we discover is that fullness of life consists not just in fulfilling our potential or filling our lives up with all the good stuff we can get, but in fulfilling our calling, in going where the shepherd calls us to go. There are so many things that we could do with our lives, so many good things, so many candidates that might bring fullness to our lives. Every morning, as the flocks look out, there's field after field of beautiful green pasture on the horizon in every direction. But Jesus tells us that fullness of life awaits us, not in doing all that we can do, being all that we can be, but in doing all that the shepherd calls us to do, becoming all that the shepherd is calling us to be. He calls each of the sheep by name, you and I, and we recognize his voice and we follow into fullness of life. And that guidance and obedience, it's liberating because of the paralysis we often feel today. Infinite university choices, infinite career choices, infinite experiences and bucket lists and lifestyles, even, even seemingly infinite dinner options. And yes, since coming to Malaysia, I have met some very good shepherds whose voices I've followed to find the best places to eat. The horizon is infinite, but we are not. And so often today, we live as though we're waging war, constant battle against our own limitations, our limited time, limited energy, limited resources, limited capacity. The irony being that because of these limitations, the great freedom, the infinite horizon of modern life can sometimes feel like a cage. And so the Good Shepherd calls out to us today to say, if God created you, and if he guides you into fullness, if he's calling you by name, perhaps you can live fully, live life to the full within these limitations, rather than battling constantly against them. Now, I'm not saying pray more about where to eat. What I am saying is that as we tune in to the shepherd's voice, we find a path that will lead us into fullness of life in all the different parts of our life as he calls us by name to become who he's created us to be. So it's liberating, but it also demands that we learn. We learn his voice and we learn to trust his voice. This is why we come together as a church week by week in worship and teaching, prayer and community. We're learning together to recognize the Good Shepherd's voice. We listen on a Sunday in order to recognize that same voice on a noisy Monday. That's why we pray and get into scripture daily. It's why we connect with other disciples throughout the week. And you know, as I think about learning and trusting this Shepherd's voice, I've sometimes found it helpful to think of myself, not as an individual sheep, but kind of as a little flock of sheep unto myself. You know, maybe my prayer sheep is following along well, but my career sheep is a little less responsive. Maybe my serving the poor sheep is better attuned to his voice than my ambitions for my children's sheep, and so on. You get the point. It's really easy today, I think, to lead disintegrated lives different sheep of our flock in different places. But fullness of life that Jesus calls us into involves the whole of our lives, learning and trusting the shepherd's voice. 
So there are two revolutions in Jesus's story so far. Fullness of life begins with a fulfilling relationship and fullness of life consists in fulfilling our calling as he calls us by name. But Jesus's story has a part two and Jesus picks up in part two where he first left off in part one. So let's jump back in. We follow the shepherd out of the village now and into the hills. But at certain times of year, there's no nearby pasture left. So the sheep have to go further out, so far out that they end up too far away to get back before dark. And so they need to stay out overnight. Now out here in the wilderness, the shepherd's task is twofold, to guard them and to guide them. And what these shepherds did was they built simple sheep pens near more remote pasture so the sheep can rest safely in the wilderness, a little bit like this. These structures guard the sheep from two things, from wolves and from thieves. But there's a weak spot in the enclosure, and I think we all know what it is, the door. So what shepherds do in the wilderness is to literally become themselves the door for the sheep. They light a fire, they draw their dogs near, they make up a bed, and they literally lay themselves down at the entrance of the enclosure. But don't think at this point about the sheep being cooped up in this little pen in the middle of nowhere with no room, because the shepherd doesn't only guard, he also guides which is why we hear that the sheep not only enter by the gate, but come in and go out, come in and go out and find pasture. This is an image not just of safety, but of freedom, of coming and going. We often say shepherds watch their flocks, but really they do a lot more than just watch them. First century shepherds guided the daily movement of the sheep. In the early morning, they roam freely in the pasture, but later they find somewhere else where they can have some water. In the heat of the day, they've moved again to find shade. Then it's back to water, then it's back to pasture, and then it's back to the pen. Each and every day, the shepherd guides the sheep into the fullness of everything they need. And so now we've unpacked the second half of Jesus's story. And again, we ask, how is this a story about how we can have life to the full? Well, here are two more things. First of all, Jesus says, I am the gate through whom we enter into life. And he also says, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. If the image of the Good Shepherd speaks to us of the Creator God who becomes human in order to guide us into human life to the full, then this image of the gate and of life laid down against wolves and thieves speaks to us of Jesus' death and resurrection. Jesus says about his own life, no one takes it from me. I lay down my life in order to take it up again. When people write and speak today about living life to the full, the advice they give often assumes the ideal conditions of life. Functioning family life and relationships, good physical health, good mental health, financial freedoms, and on goes the list. They often don't take into account the complexities of the conditions of our lives. Our sin, our struggle, 
our difficult relationships, our brokenness. That's why what Jesus says here is so important. Jesus's vision of life to the full is a vision that is true to life. And Jesus fights for us against all the wolves that hold us back from entering into the fullness of life so that when we enter through him, we truly enter into life. Sins are forgiven. Relationships are reconciled. Bodies and minds are healed. Provision is received. And where we still wait for one or more of these things in some area of our lives, we wait with our shepherd. He is our fullness, even when we are empty. And Jesus also tells us that he is the shepherd who will never abandon us. In another story Jesus tells, he reminds us that he goes looking for the stray sheep and rejoices to find them. He finds us even when we've been lured by things that promised a lot, but delivered nothing. Poor substitutes for life to the full that turned out to be either hired hands, abandoning us at the hour of our need, or even thieves, things that came only to steal, kill, and destroy. He is and remains your shepherd. He is there to guard you today, wherever you feel in danger. And he is there with you, wherever you feel the very opposite of fullness of life, where you feel empty. This shepherd turns our emptiness into his fullness. And over the coming weeks, we want to think together about things like exhaustion and anxiety for precisely this reason, because he is our good shepherd. And now there's one last thing to draw out of this story. And it's that this good shepherd not only guards, but also guides. Remember, from pasture to water to shade to water to pasture, he's interested in the everyday movements of his sheep, how we spend our days, who we spend them with. Because the fullness of life consists not just in great visions for life or great achievements in life, but in ordinary daily life, in the moments that make up the hours, that make up the days of our lives. We've seen this I think, through the workplace in fresh ways as we've been emerging from the pandemic in the phenomena of the great resignation and quiet quitting. After years of lockdown, people have reconnected with some of the daily things, being together, eating together, rest, learning, growth, the things that need space. They're looking to be led not just into work or into wealth, but into connection and into belonging. And Jesus's image reminds us that he cares deeply about these things, about the whole of our lives and about the detail of our lives and about the balance of our lives. He is our shepherd and he wants to shape our days in order to lead us into pasture. This is an image that starts with relationship and ends with discovering and being sustained by what matters most. Jesus is interested in the balance of your day. What's the first voice you hear in the morning and the last at night? How are you resting and eating and sleeping? How are you finding time to pray? How are you flourishing at home, at work, at school? Jesus leads us into fullness of life by leading us into a balance of life. And one way in which Jesus leads us into that balance and into that fullness is by simplifying an overfull life. Maybe some of us 
pursue life to the full by filling our lives up with lots of things, as though more is always more, more classes, more appointments, more activities. But sometimes our lives become so full that they feel empty. Might God be asking some of us to pare back, to lead lives that are a little less full in order to live more fully? Jesus is the good shepherd. He is God, the one who designed and made each one of us. And he is human, the one who lived among us to show us how to live and to draw us into life to the full. Amen.